Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case, and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in the studio today is my co-pilot, is Derek Campbell. Derek. Hi, Kyle. <laughs> How's it going today? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm doing really good. So, Derek, it's, uh, it's winter. Yeah, it's getting cold. It, it, it's getting a little bit cold for us here. In St. George. <laughs> I guess we can't complain. And, you know, I mean, let's be realistic. Our uh, our winter time here in, in St. George, Utah is not as bad as it is in some other places. Yeah. Nevertheless, to us, it's still winter. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. And uh, with winter, a lot of times we uh, we come into cold and flu season, right? Yeah. I hope we're through it. Well, it'd be nice. It'd be nice. <laughs> I there's been a little bit of that in our office, but uh, yeah. I hope that we've worked all the way through that and, and hopefully through our families and homes. But yeah. but for a lot of people, they're coming into the cold and flu season. It's so unfortunate. So today, Derek, I wanted to share just a few things that you should not do when you're sick. You sure this topic wasn't more appropriate <laughs> a few weeks ago? Well, it may have been for us a couple of weeks ago, but I'm betting bet there's you, yeah. somebody out there right now that's I got know. a cold. Whoever I passed it on to. Yeah, the one that you passed it on. on. Yeah. It might so be a couple of generations away, but, I, but I'm sure you started something. Yeah. And it's for them. <laughs> it's for them, Derek. So listen, when, you get, when it comes to getting uh, better from a common cold or from the flu, your body does tend to get rid of the infection on its own. And when we take medicine, the majority of the time, we're just treating the symptoms itself, not the actual disease. Um, If you get sick this season, your best bet is to get just plenty of rest and fluids. And uh, I just wanted to, like I said, share a couple of things that maybe you shouldn't do if you're sick. Yeah. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Number one, you shouldn't double up on cold meds. Hmm. So it's... Like, it, I think there's a, a line of logic that says if a regular dose helps you feel better, then taking twice as much will help you feel even doubly oh, better, yeah, right? yeah, especially if you're treating symptoms. Yeah. But the reality is, is that's just not often the case. You need to be careful with that. Here's the thing. All medications have side effects, and in some cases, some serious complications can arise if you take more than the instructed amount or take more than one type of medication at a time. So many... Cold and flu medicines are combinations, so you risk getting too much of a particular active ingredient when you take more than one medication. So, for example, give you an example. If you take a multi-purpose cold medicine and you decide to chase it down with a separate decongestant, you may inadvertently ingest more than the recommended 9-gram dosage of acetaminophen, and that can lead to acute liver damage, which is not good. Yeah. So doubling up on your cold medicine... Even though on the surface it might seem like the way to go, is not the way to go. So uh, always ask your pharmacist if you want to double up. Well, I, I think it's always good advice to ask your pharmacist or your doctor uh, for advice on medication. But generally speaking, you're not supposed to double up. All right, I'll take note of that. I hope everybody <laughs> else does too. I, I hope you're taking. Don't notes do drugs, of this. kids. Don't do that's drugs. That's right. That's right. Number two. This is a good one. Don't blow your nose too hard. Oh. A lot of people blow their nose too hard. Did you know that? Well. You didn't know no, Yeah, no. I didn't. <laughs> I didn't know that either, but apparently it's I guess this the, epidemic. I guess there's a point, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, blowing your nose too hard, this is the problem with it. It propels nasal fluid, which may contain bacteria and viruses, into your sinus cavities, which can possibly cause an infection there. I'll be darned. This is according to Dr. Neil Schapter from Mount Sinai Hospital. He recommends, this is interesting, 
Honestly, probably not something I'm going to do, but still interesting. He recommends squirting a little saline into your nose before you blow. Hmm. So gently spray, let the saline settle just a bit. The liquid tightens up the blood vessels in your nose because of the salt in the water, and it will also loosen the mucus so you don't have to blow your nose so hard. Sound like a good idea? Yeah. Okay. I think sinuses are one of the great mysteries of the world anyway. How do they really know? (laughs) I I don't know. I don't know the answer to that question. Here's another thing that you shouldn't do. Don't be a martyr. Yeah. Do you know anybody who's kind of martyrs it up when they're sick? Yeah. Take medicine, man. Treat the symptoms. Get better. Well, get rest is what you should do. And really, listen, we all know the person who shows up to work or to the gym or to parties. They're sick. They basically terrorize everyone with the threat of spreading that sickness around. When it comes down to it, we don't want to disseminate your your cold to our coworkers or to our family or to, to people on the street. So work is a stressful environment. Stress is something that diminishes your immune system. Stress makes it easier for viruses to get a grip on you and you get more intense symptoms. So if uh, you're feeling sick, even if you have, you know, those, those responsibilities, uh, Dr. Shatter is recommending that you stay home. That's interesting. But staying home, is that the same as staying in bed? Well, I'm I'm not going to get into that. I'm just All talking right. about not spreading it around. What you do yeah. at home, I, I guess, is up to you. Yeah. But I'm assuming that if you're not staying in bed and you're up, like, out doing yard work, you're not going to get better either. Yeah, probably not. Here's another one. Don't self-medicate with leftover antibiotics. Yeah. The the fact is, is... That's co- great advice. A couple of things. You're wasting your time. Um, not only are you upping your risk of becoming resistant to antibiotics which could come in handy sometime when you really need them. The vast majority of people who get colds and flus are taking, uh, if they're taking antibiotics, they think that that's going to help. Actually, cold and flu uh, is is caused by a virus. And antibiotics is to help with bacteria. So antibiotics aren't going to help. So um, if you got some leftover antibiotics around and you think, oh, this will help me, it's not going to help. Yeah. Here's the last one. You ready? Okay, I'm... I'm staged. You're, you're, I'm you're on the edge of your seat, I can tell. <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm ready to Don't jump. overdose on the nasal spray. Hmm. So for many cold and flu sufferers, nasal spray like Afrin, it works like a dream up until the time that it stops working, right? right? Yeah. And here's why. It's so effective. You feel like the cold is almost gone when you use it. But if you use nasal sprays for longer than the recommended two days or if you use it too often your body does develop a tolerance to the medicine and then it stops working and then comes the rebound effect and you end up more congested than when you started. So you want to make sure that you follow the instructions and make sure that you only use nasal spray for one or two days and only once or twice a day. I feel like people, uh, if they read the directions on the boxes, they'd be safe. Well, a lot of this is in there. You have to do more than just read them. Yeah. You have to follow them. Because I'm pretty sure when I just went through my last cold, I read the directions, and maybe it's just because I'm an instruction reader, but... I know that about you. They say that. Yeah, I know that about you. (laughs) But you know what? Let's be honest. Most people are not (laughs) instruction readers. I'm weird. (laughs) Well, Derek, we're in for a real treat today. Today's guest is one of our incredible athletes, Mr. Ralph Staley. Ralph has competed in the games. Listen to this. He's competed in the games 26 (laughs) times. He's also donated the use of our archery facility, and really, Ralph has been one of our greatest ambassadors. Ralph, thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. We're uh, we're excited to have you here and to uh, get a couple of stories from you. One of the things I want to just start off in in asking you, um, 
is what were the games like, you know, 26, 27 years ago when you first started out? They've changed a lot over the last three <laughs> decades or so. But for you, what, what were they like when you started out? I kind of have to laugh. There's a few of them that's a year or two older than me that started when they were 48 or 9 because they couldn't get enough participants. But I didn't <laughs> quite do it. And then by the time I got, it started about four years before I was old enough. Right, right. And uh, we had a team from Washington and those old guys, they were, <laughs> but it was when I think they had eight, eight softball teams. The, fir- the first year that the you played? The first year or, and they tried, yeah. no, the first year. Right. And I played three or four years later, but. You know, I've enjoyed it, the people that I've met, uh, but I've always wanted to take a minute or two, and this is a good opportunity to thank the John and Daisy Morgan for starting it. Yeah. I got to meet them when they were building the motel, worked for them and did some things, and then they started it, and I've had kind of a little bit of a friendship with them, but especially the Huntsmans, you know, yeah. John and how generous he is, you know, you see... Yesterday, the day before, where he signed a check for $1.2 million to help the homeless with in the, Utah. With the homeless, now, that's right. Uh, you know, uh, how many of us would do that even if we could? Yeah. You know, but they are generous people and his wife and that. But I'd like to, you know, thank them and like to thank you guys, the staff, because I see how hard you have to work to, to keep this going. Well, it's, it, you know, Ralph, it, it is work. There's no question about it. But we love it. I mean, it's so much fun. And, you know, you mentioned some really important people uh, the involvement of the Huntsman family with the Huntsman World Senior Games has been crucial to our success and to our ability to grow over the years. And, I mean, John and Daisy, like you said, John and Daisy, of course, were the founders, the ones who started the Huntsman World Senior Games from the beginning. They're the ones who had the vision and the dream. Daisy's passed away now, but John is still with us. John still serves on our board of directors And uh, maybe even more importantly than that, he still plays every year in the games. He plays tennis every year and you know, like you said, Ralph, we we wouldn't definitely would not be here. Where would we be without those people in the beginning who helped make this thing happen? So, so you were uh, not there on the first year, of course, as you said, you were a little bit too young. But once you got old enough to get rolling, um, your your first sport was what? Softball, basketball? Uh, I've done softball and at least two teams every year. This okay. year was the first year I only played on one team. You can play down, but you can't play up. Right. And basketball, both five on five and three on three, and usually two teams on that. But <laughs> uh, but the friendships I've met over the years, I've great great people. You know, I, when you was talking about uh, John, he uh, I I may try to make a note to see him every year when he when he's down here. Yeah. He still plays a little tennis, I know. And yeah, but anyway, it's it's been great. I've got you know friends that call me. Quite often, in fact, I in my phone and I call once a month. There's a little fellow from New York, little black fellow that had both knees redone. Okay, and we took a we likened each other, but he hadn't been here for ten or twelve years. But I try to send him a T-shirt back every year for his granddaughters, <laughs> and he is elated. I send it back with them. But the just the people that you meet and the friends you 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 make is uh, incredible. You know, I just I mean. I don't know how many hundreds of friends I have out there in the, you know, in the 26 years, but it's, it's in the hundreds. I know that. <laughs> it adds up for sure. You know, you mentioned one of the things that is, I think, one of the, really one of the best things about the Huntsford World Senior Games, and that is the friendship and the camaraderie. So many of our athletes will come to the games for the first time because they've heard that it's good competition. And, and it is. We, you know, we try to create that. Um, we try to create an environment where 
where you can get some good competition and, and really enjoy the, the thrill of playing in your favorite sport for sure. But people come back because of the friendships that they make. Well, when I was 50, the competition was a lot more than it is when I'm 76. <laughs> you that. Now it's more I can't compete like I used to. I'd like to, but I've got a couple of new hips. But, yeah, I mean, I take two weeks. I still try to get my work done, but I, I, uh, I wouldn't miss for the world. <laughs> well, it's great. If you're just joining us, you're listening to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life, and we're visiting with 26-year athlete Ralph Staley. Ralph is a local here in the uh, St. George area. Um, just been involved in the games really almost from the very beginning. And, uh, you know, Ralph, um, to, to me, you're just such a great example of staying active and staying healthy. And, and you mentioned, you know, you're, you're still out working. You've still got uh, responsibilities on the farm and different things that you're doing. But how have you stayed active all these years where you're still out able to go out and play a basketball game and play some softball? I took advice from my grandmother. She says I might... A wear out, but I'm not going to rust out. So, anyways, I <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I like. You I mean I, I I like to compete. Doesn't matter what it is, you know. But I still have quite a bit on my plate. But old age isn't very good, and I'm slowing down. I got this half a beard because I'm cutting everything in half, so I don't have to shave quite as much. But <laughs> <laughs> there's there's maybe some wisdom to that, right? Well, so you've uh, you, so every year that you've played, you've played at least two sports, both softball and basketball. I tried one year in because uh, I liked it. I did quite a bit of track when I was at okay. Dixie College, yeah. and I tried one year, but I just couldn't make it all fit in. I was still trying to work and do that, so I just bagged that. And in that track and field, there's always two or three of the very best in the whole United States, and it's pretty tough to, you know, to to meddle in it. We've, uh, I maybe about three or four years, I'll put it down to horseshoes, and then I can go to low ninety. <laughs> Well, that's the great thing about the games is there's so many different sports to choose from, 30 different sports. Um, you know, there really is something for everybody. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you really you really hit a, a great point. And, and this is another thing that I just really love about the games, and that is that, you know, whether you're just kind of starting back into a sport or if you're one of the best in the world, there is a place for you at the Huntsman World Senior Games. We we try to make it so that you're competing at your own age group, which is easy to do, but we also try to get you at your own skill level. And uh, sometimes that's easier said than done, but that's our goal. Well, you know, this year's a real good example of that. Uh, I hadn't played softball, but I went on the softball team this year, and we were down to one of the lower brackets. We ended up with a bronze medal. Yeah. Same way in the basketball, there's two there's two teams that we beat them once or twice over 26 years, but most generally we, you know, by the time it gets the third and the fourth <laughs> quarter, they're up on us pretty good. Yeah. But we meddled in we meddled in those. You know, it's not the medal. I used to like to get the medals, but now it's just being there and doing it. It's it's been a good run, and I'm going to do, do it as long as I can. Well, for sure, it's definitely been a good run, and uh, I I anticipate you've got a lot of running left to do. So. We look forward to it. I want to ask you this question. You, you've been active and involved in competition from early on as a young man. You, I know you, you played sports in elementary school and, and junior high and high school and even in college. And all the way up into your 70s, you're still competing. Well, Ralph, what do you think is the biggest life lesson that you've learned through competition? Well, I think a lot of it are the memories. I've got to tell this little story. It's kind of cute here. A good friend of mine that played for 15 years, it's a local story, Penn Smith, he passed away a while back, but we played a lot of years, and yeah. he was 
played at Dixie College, but he, he'd passed away with cancer six or eight months ago, and I got Durant MacArthur, who is the old mayor's brother, and he plays, and my brother and all four of us was on the same high school team. Wow. Well, it was the, it was the evening that Jeff, President Holland, was in town. Okay. And I still correspond with him, so I got on the phone the next morning. I said, we need a fifth player, and he met us over at Rigetti's Pizza, and if we didn't, we went clear back to the fifth grade. Oh, wow. And they came oh. over to play us in Washington, and they said we beat them, but I don't believe we did, because I, <laughs> I can't remember the... The defeat. The I can remember the defeats, but not the wins so much. But I didn't like to get beat very much. <laughs> they, they sting a little bit more, don't they? Yeah, that's the way it works. Well, what a what a legacy there. Uh, even just to be able to be with and to play with some of these old friends that you've had, like you said, back to elementary school. And they've been playing right up. You know, Durant. He didn't play this year. Yeah. He had a little health problems. But since he's moved home, he's played every year and playing. Penn played till about seven or eight years ago. I mean, we had a. We had a little team from Washington, and we did fairly good over the years. So. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, I just, I, I want to emphasize what you've just said there, and just how special that really is. I mean, you've got, you've got a group of men who are in their seventies, if you don't mind my saying that, Ralph. But closer to eighty. <laughs> I wasn't going to go that far, but I mean, you got this group of men who've just really been together and in each other's lives for their whole lives. They come from the same little old town of Washington, Utah, St. George, Utah. And, uh, you know, here the Huntsman World Senior Games provides that opportunity for people to get together, to be together, to enjoy that, that, that thrill and that feeling of competition and the, really the, the brotherhood, the fraternity, the, the camaraderie that exists on a basketball court or on a softball diamond or, as you said, in the horseshoe pits. And uh, we get to provide that for people all around the world. And uh, it's something pretty, pretty special for sure. Well, you know, every we go Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at six o'clock in the morning, and there's anywhere from twelve to sixteen of us. And I think there was on those that many people. We were had people on five different basketball teams that meet in the morning and play at least five, maybe six different basketball teams, and and they just enjoy it and love it. Yeah. Well, I think you've really hit on a key there, Ralph, as far as an example for the rest of us, and that is find something that you love. And then just keep on doing that thing that you love. Don't stop doing it, right? That's the main thing. If you want to quit, you don't get up again, they say. <laughs> That's for sure. Do your kids and grandkids go out and play with you anymore? Uh, no, but I've had my grandkids play. They sometimes come, but uh, most of them are older. But we have some of these people that come. Uh, and when they're here for family here for Thanksgiving, they'll bring their grandkids or their kids and, you know, and play and meet with us. And it's always fun to you know to meet them but, oh yeah uh, it's it's a kind of a you know family deal it's it's been really fun well it is and, and you know there's there are a few things that can bring us all together like like sports do you know and uh, as you said especially when you make it a family affair it just becomes something that you can maintain and continue to do throughout your whole life you know i didn't realize until the archery came out there how genuine those people are and they are from all over over and they appreciate what you do but i've had a great time you know getting to know quite a few of those people i don't have a lot of time because i'm participating and do it but i'll go out you know every day once or twice for 10 or 15 minutes and see how they're doing but they that that is a great asset to 
and every year it's getting so much bigger. It gets bigger. It's getting so much bigger, you know. Well, it does for sure. And, um, you know, I mentioned this at the beginning, but let me just say thank you, Ralph. I mean, um, you've been such a part of the games in so many different ways, everything from financially supportive to, you know, providing this venue for archery that we're just talking about now, uh, being an ambassador, inviting friends and family and acquaintances to come and be a part of it. Uh, man, you, you've just been a part of this event, and uh, I just want to say thank you for all that you've done and, and being a part of it. We've only got about a minute left. Um, you've, you've shared a number of stories, a couple of memories. Any One more memory that stands out to you about being involved well, in the games? Before time runs out, I'm the one that want to give the thanks for, <laughs> for the, the two-week vacation that I get and for the friends and the people that I've met, you know. And, and I would go out there to... Uh, you know, to the people, even the volunteers, the ones I talk to, they thoroughly enjoy it. So if you're moved in and been here, you know, come and find out what it's about and sign up and come and cut our apples or bananas and give us an orange. You know, you bet. they need a lot of help. It really takes, you know, even to a driver or anything. I mean, it's uh, and it brings the community closer together. It's been a wonderful, wonderful thing. I said it's like. I told him that just like the NF4 is to Las Vegas, the Huntsman World Senior Games is what it is to St. George. It has put us on the map. Well, it definitely has been. And, and in the same way, um, you know, St. George has made the games what it is, too, because you've got this incredible community of volunteers. You've got these, this, this can-do, will-do attitude. And, um, boy, it's just it's just amazing. It's fun to be a part of it. So. Let me uh, just give a shout out to all those volunteers and those people who help. It takes about 3,000 volunteers uh, to help put on the event, and most of them come from this area. Some come from outside of the area, and we're grateful to all of them. Uh, but this community certainly has embraced the event, and it's been uh, uh, certainly a hallmark of the Huntsman World Senior Games success. So, Ralph, once again, let me just say thank you for being uh, a part of the Games, and thanks for joining us on the show today. Well, when he called and asked, I thought, well, what can I, you know, do? But, you know, I hope I haven't said some things that I shouldn't have, but I do appreciate you guys, and you don't need to call again. I've got enough wisdom that I can share with other well, people. enough. <laughs> well, Ralph, thank well, you thank so you. much. So, Derek, it's the end of the year, which means that the first of the year is just right around the corner. One of the things that people always want to know about the Huntsman World Senior Games are the dates for the upcoming year. Yes, yes. So this year in 2018, the overall dates will be October 8th through the 20th. And, you know, you might as well just plan on being a part of the games this year. Yeah. A couple of things to keep in mind. Uh, important dates. January 1st, which is coming right up, is the first day to register your teams. So if you've got a softball team, basketball team, volleyball team... Uh, that's that's the day that you want to keep your eye on, and our team sports do tend to fill up, so you want to register early. And then, of course, on March 1st, that's the day to register as an individual athlete, so put that on your calendar. And don't forget to tune in next and every Thursday at 4.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play, and you can find us on the Stitcher app as well. Inspirational thought for the day, Derek. The best view comes after the hardest climb. Until next Thursday, stay active.